Sport, Insight, Inspiration. This is your host, Arup Soames. Welcome to Kite Talks. Okay. Uh, hey, everyone. We have a special guest with us all the way from Melbourne. Uh, it's Sean. Sean Callanan. Thank you for, for being here. Sean is, is somebody who's been running his own uh, company for the past decade. Um, sports geek, uh, as well as now um, the owner of Gravitas, which is an eSports team. Um, Sean, thank you for taking the time out. Uh, and no and, and uh, it's, it's really good to, to have you here with us, um, at least online before we host you in India as well. Uh, um, uh, let's jump straight into it. Would love to talk about the last decade of. Uh, I know we've spoken about it briefly, but would love to yeah. talk about the last decade of Sports Geek and really the evolution and you've the way you've seen uh, digital side of uh, sport evolve and and yeah, we'll take it from there. Uh, yeah, happy to. It's been a it's been a big uh, ten years. So uh, so yeah, I started uh, Sports Geek in two thousand and nine. Uh, so before I was sports geek, um, I was a geek. So I was a coder developer for, for many years, um, but a really passionate sports fan. And so when I started sports geek, I sort of looked at the landscape and was a bit uh, underwhelmed as a sports fan in what was being delivered in the digital space, um, whether it be websites and, and apps and those kind of things. And sort of been the world that I'd been in, in coding and developing. Um, but then when I got started in the, uh, in the space and started talking to teams, um, social media started to really take a really strong hold on the sports scene. So teams were on Facebook, uh, Instagram was just starting, Twitter was starting to be used in the live, in the live sense and live sports. And so I sort of found myself in that space early on, 2009, 2010, helping teams get into the digital space and understand where social fit and how it connected with fans. Um, so, you know, when, when I started that, there were, there wasn't uh, digital teams as you would know them as now, um, that were, you know, someone was updating the website, there would be a webmaster, yeah. that kind of thing. And so I think early on, the first couple of years were helping build out the competency and those digital teams, the capacity of those digital teams, um, firstly using social media to connect with fans and understand the platforms. Uh, then we went through the growth around the amount of video that the sports teams are now producing and the, the resources that that requires. Um, and then sort of started to work across how digital could help other parts of the sports business, whether it be in the ticketing and sales of uh, season tickets and those kind of things, how we could leverage those digital audiences into, into sales from a cheeks on the seats, as we like to say. Yeah. Um, and then the last piece of the puzzle that was probably been our focus for the last couple of years is, the commercialization of those digital assets. We've got these great audiences, they're engaged with these platforms. How do we bring our partners um, into that space, whether it be yeah. branded content and competitions and that kind of thing. So sort of as the digital ecosystem has evolved, we've sort of evolved um, uh, with it and as it's become more sophisticated, we've been able to do more things. Um, but that's pretty much where, that's where we've played in the last 10 years. Um, and it continues to grow. We haven't seen the fans say, stop, no more content. Um, but you know, the appetite is still there. And so the opportunity for growth, um, is still there. And I don't think, you know, there's sometimes people think oh, I've missed the boat. I haven't, you know, we weren't doing, we weren't doing Facebook and Twitter early and we've missed the boat. I don't think there is any missed the boat, whether you're just starting out with your own team or brand, um, and you want to start tackling these platforms. Um, it's, it's, a, there's channels and opportunities there, which is, 
you know, what we're seeing, you know, building out a new team in Gravitas in esports, we're starting from fan zero and we're just following the, uh, the sports geek playbook to, to build out that audience and the, and the offer for commercial partners. Yeah. No, and I think what, what you mentioned is really um, important is, 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 is the sponsor side of it, which is, which is the commercialization. And I think a lot yeah. of people are, um, especially in India at this particular point, are, are still trying to understand that space. Uh, yes, it's, it's been sort of 10 years of social and, and, and us trying to, uh, yes, figure out how to connect with the fans. But now the integration of, of, of commercial as, assets and partners is critical where, where you don't want to be selling too much or, or sort of really pushing it, it, it to the fan uh, directly. Tell us a little bit about maybe some of, I, I don't know, well, a story or, or an example of, of some of the integrations that you guys have done. It would be really good to, um, yeah. to understand yeah, so how, how it functions there. It has, um, you know, it is a really big opportunity and you're right. It, it's been, uh, how do we value it? What's, how do we talk to our sponsors about it? How do we get the mix right? Um, yeah. I think as that I've worked with the digital departments and the data teams and the commercial teams, I sometimes work across silos that happen in sports. So I sometimes joke that I'm a digital divorce counselor, uh, <laughs> trying to get the digital teams and commercial teams working together. Um, so the process that we now uh, roll out and follow is what we call digital to dollars. We know, no one knows the fan base and the digital platforms as well as the digital teams that are doing it day in, day out. So, uh, so we start looking at the data and also the data that the, the, that, um, the digital platforms provide. So we go, do we know our audience? That's the first pillar. What can, what does Facebook tell us? What does Twitter tell us? What does Instagram tell us? What does YouTube tell us? Who are our fans? Um, and that's what the commercial partners want. They need to know, Oh, what, you know, how are you engaging with a 21 year old male? How are you engaging with a 35 year old female? What are you, how are you engaging with families? Um, you know, so it's really important to dive in on what those audience pieces, what those audiences look like. Um, then the next piece of the digital teams do really, really well is, you know, knowing your content. Hey, we're doing all these different content, um, content threads or content franchises, whatever you want to want to call them. Um, that are effectively these mini TV, they're mini TV shows. They're working on different, um, different channels and therefore different audiences. Um, and then the next piece is knowing your distribution. So how are you using the different uh, platforms differently to reach different results? Like if you want engagement, then you would be going to Instagram because that's where all the engagement is currently. Um, so that's the stuff that we were doing early on in helping the digital teams understand their digital strategy. Yeah. Uh, the key piece now is, knowing your value, right? And understanding what, what is the value of you being able to talk to a certain audience um, with a certain platform, with a certain piece of content. And so then you can go back to a sponsor and say, well, we think, and we, our stats and our, our knowledge of our fan base says that that Facebook camp, uh, that, that video that's getting published on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is worth this to your brand whether it's your brand, your logo is just sitting in the corner of the video or whether the, um, or whether it's fully integrated and you're sitting in the car that they're yeah. trying to sell um, that kind of thing. And so that, you know, be able to put that value piece on it, then that gets you to the last piece, which is know how to pitch and sort of know your pitch. And so you can start talking uh, campaigns uh, with your, with your partners to say, well, what do you want? Do you want leads for people to buy cars? Well, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to target this audience. 
We're going to build out this content piece. We're going to push it out on these platforms. It's going to be worth this. Uh, and then we'll also do a campaign that allows people to enter for a test drive or, or something. So it reaches those commercial outcomes. And so then when you're talking to your partners about getting their commercial outcomes, they, you know, that's what they want. They're coming to, to for, for, for business. So yeah. it starts being uh, allowing sports to be more agency like um, and actually focus on commercial outcomes, because I think that's, that's where sponsors are headed. They're not just yeah. happy to say, um, you know, we'll put our logo on a shirt for Gravitas and you'll tell me, Sean, that you'll get a million impressions and I'll go, cool. We got a million impressions. Like impressions are becoming less and less valuable by the day. Yeah. Um, and whereas if you can say, yes, we'll put your, your uh, logo on our jersey and we'll do this content piece, we'll do this campaign and we will hand you back a thousand people, uh, leads or whatever it is, they know what they can value that at. And so I think that's, that's where the trends, that's where I think this is the exciting spot. And there's still lots of growth in that space. Yeah, no, and, and, and you're completely right where, where right now, I mean, we, we are moving from impressions to, to really like call to action and, 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 yep. and leads for that, for that matter. And, and you're completely right uh, um, there. Uh, I would love to, I, and, and, and I think we, we briefly touched on this in our last conversation, but um, India as a market, as, as you know, is, 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 is currently growing is quite a bit. Um, we have multiple professional leagues. Like yep. I told you last time, we have 64 professional teams that are part of all of these leagues. Um, it would be really interesting to, to get your perspective on, on how teams as well as leagues should be sort of uh, approaching this market, which is, which is the digital space. Some of them outsource their um, digital needs completely uh, yep. and, and, and assume that yes, an, an external entity uh, would, would be able to handle everything for us. But just want to get your perspective, whether you think it makes sense for yes, people to have smaller teams or handle it, everything in house, or then go to experts, say like yourself, uh, yeah. and, or, or what's, what's the right balance uh, to, to get it right. Uh, yeah, there is, there's a few different, there is a few different models. Um, there is the do as much as you can in house. Um, and I think that definitely helps on the, uh, the, on the digital content side and the storytelling side, because it's really hard to outsource your stories. Um, so, you know, having your editorial and your content team and what they're doing internally, um, I think makes sense in-house. That said, if you want to be doing bigger, bigger productions and bigger content uh, initiatives, that's mm -hmm. where if you're really good at doing the pitch, it's just a matter of knowing the cost of what that is. And yeah. so it's a little bit of chicken and egg. And so a lot of the times when I'm working with a team, so the way we work with teams is, is to be that strategy and, and systems builder on top that can bring in the revenue that allows you to get more people. Yeah. Right. And so the reason that more of the teams have got more people in their digital team is because their digital efforts are bringing in revenue. And yeah. so if you can say, Hey, this is what we want to do. We want to do a, uh, 10 part documentary, uh, 10 minute documentary they're going to run on digital platforms and you know, you're going to need two vi video resources. <laughs> you've got to be able to cost that out to be able to go to a partner and say, well, we need, you know, X amount of rep, uh, money yeah. to cover this. Yeah. Um, and then it's a matter of knowing the value. So you can say, Oh, we need 50, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars to produce whatever this is. Um, but you, but you also want to understand what the value is to the partner. Yeah. So if the partner, you know, if the partner went and got that piece of content done, 
that's going to cost money. It's not going to be free. So moving away from, hey, we need to do this stuff for free because the commercial sales piece um, can be, I guess, outsourced a little bit. But again, they won't see the opportunities that working inside the team um, would be able to operate, like being able to talk to their digital team to realize that they've got a really core, really engaged segment, audience segment that's really liking this piece of content and then matching that piece of content and that offer with the right with the right partner. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a few, few uh, a few different options. I think that, you know, the, the teams globally that have had the most success have built organically internally yeah. um, because, you know, if you're going to someone that's got a lot of things to sell or a lot of content produced, their heart's not to me, it's not at the top of their list as much as is your internal team. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, and, and uh, I completely agree. And it, 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 it sort of makes a lot of sense. And in, in India, I mean, where um, the market is, is, is still not close to, to where it's at in, in, in I would say, Australia and, and other parts of the world. Uh, there's, there's a lot to learn from, from some of uh, these regions. Well, um, esports. Huh, that's, yes. that's uh, um I mean, we see a lot of um, articles out there. I mean, a lot of people talking about it, a lot of people talking about the engagement, that it's bigger than any other um, uh, sport out there. And, and the fans are, are really, um, uh, well, for lack of a better word, hardcore. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and tell us a little bit about it. And one is how, how did you get into the space? But also, I mean, you're, Obviously, you've got into it with uh, uh, a load of knowledge and understanding and research. Saying, "Okay, listen, this is this is what what I think is is, is sort of the next big thing, or it is already a big thing." And and, and how do we sort of uh, really work to to drive uh, the sports business globally using uh, esports? Yeah, so I guess um, I guess esports came on my radar three or four years ago. I mean, started to get talked about at conferences. Um, the debate around is esport and a sport, that kind of thing right. uh, was, was happening uh, for the record. Um, now I'm in esports. Esports is a sport. Um, uh, it's no questions. Um, and the reason is, is it, it shows a lot of the same similarities um, that sports does. Um, it is the best, the best players playing those video games in a professional capacity. So in the same way, if you're the best cricketer, you end up playing the IPL. You know, if you're the best basketball, you end up playing the NBA. Uh, the best, you know, League of Legends players end up playing in professional leagues. So, so my team, uh, Gravitas, um, is a League of Legends team. Um, so it's a five-on-five five, uh, capture the flag type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the game is built by Riot Games, and they run all the leagues around the world. So, we are in the Oceanic Pro League. Um, should we win uh, the split, uh, the season coming up, the starting in June. Um, we have the opportunity potentially to go to the world championships. So it has that similarities of sport. You win your league and you go through to a, to a, to a championship Um, from a, um, a growth of esports fans is the people who are playing the game in the same way. If you're a, you know, if you play football, you want to watch, you know, champions league or EPL or La Liga, this Mm -hmm. same thing goes, you want to see the best of the best play. So we are seeing, um, Esports overall starting to professionalize um, from a from a back of house point of view with more sports teams 
um, and, and business operators getting into the space. Um, it is a highly, you know, the reason I got in was um, I had clients that were looking at esports and saying, should, is it a threat? Is it an opportunity? Right. Um, and so they were looking at the space at, from a team ownership point of view or running tournaments or being parts of leagues. Um, and so I saw it very similar to what I saw at when I started sports geek, when I started sports geek, I saw all these teams over here and then I saw all these digital fans on all these digital platforms being super engaged on Facebook, Twitter and the like. And there was a bit of a disconnect. The teams didn't quite know how to talk to them. Esports is very much the same. They're super active on platforms like Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube, they're, they're consuming yeah. a lot of content, but the esports orgs at the moment aren't yet fully um, operational from a digital you know, content point of view and, mm -hmm. and how do we monetize that group? So super active, engaged audience that are watching on Twitch um, and watching on YouTube. They're watching it at, you know, uh, at long periods, they're consuming a lot of content. Um, they're highly engaged. Um, as an example, uh, in our recent grand final, um, they activated a, a giveaway at a certain part of the game. So okay. the Baron was started and the giveaway was started at the same time. Okay. And they gave away 90, uh, sorry, uh, they had a thousand signups in 90 seconds. Wow. Which is, you know, uh, a TV executive or a radio executive would kill for that kind of yeah, uh, take up. Um, so yeah. it just shows you how, I guess, engaged and like leaning in they are. And so that presents the opportunity of how do we now um, bring sponsors into that space? How do I put a logo on the Gravitas jersey? What does a campaign look like? Um, you know, it's an it's a engaged audience from 16 to 28. Um, it's, it's largely male, but it's, there's a growing uh, viewership in female um, demographic. Um, it, does, it does change depending on title. So yeah. if you went to say Fortnite, it would be a younger teen crowd. Uh, League of Legends has been around for 10 years, so it'll be 16 to 28. Mm -hmm. But then there'll be others like StarCraft or um, that'll be older. You'll have, you know, Counter-Strike that is a bit more rowdy and young and male. That's more, yeah. you know, 18 to 22. So it's not, they're not all one size fits all. Um, but it's, again, it comes down to those audiences and how do you communicate with them? So to me, that's the exciting piece. Um, um, it is also exciting to have effectively my own team. So all the advice that I've given, yeah. Uh, professional teams, I'm like, now I'm uh, effectively doing the, the thing that I would tell them and actually executing it. Um, and there's a lot of testing and learning that's been happening over the past uh, four or five months. Um, we're about to, you know, we're in the process of launching some innovative sponsorship packages, um, some things in the membership space that haven't been, been launched in esports. So I'm really interested to see where it goes because um, there is, you know, there's not the, the rules so to speak, that around traditional sport, uh, we yeah. can try new things. So that's the exciting thing. And, you know, that audience of, you know, 18 to 24 um, is super attractive to sponsors because if yeah. I'm talking to a brand and, and I say, you want to sell something to a 22-year-old male, I just ask them, where do you go? Because they're not watching TV. Yeah. They're not listening to radio. They're not reading newspapers. So yeah. it's really hard as a marketer to that market. Yeah. Whereas you can say, well, you can associate with gaming and esports, and tap into their love for that, and get that uh, get that brand association, and then we'll be doing the same. We'll be looking for conversion. We'll be trying to help twenty four year olds get their first car with yeah. a sponsor that sponsors Gravitas. Like that will still be our goal. Mm -hmm. 
Do you, do you think um, the traditional sports? I mean, I know I know FIFA's sort of capitalized on it with, yep. with an eSports World Cup, and um, do you, do you think other traditional sports should should do the same, or, or is it is it kind of diluting their existing sort of properties? Or I mean, cricket, for yeah. example, I don't know, uh, um, or, or even um, I mean. So it's a, I guess Indian it's a two part it's a two part uh, question yeah it's a two part question it's dependent upon whether you've got a good game right right so so FIFA um, and the NBA have been able to set up uh, esports leagues around yeah. FIFA the FIFA the game and around NBA two K yes. and so that is a little bit of a brand extension um, it is still a new audience yeah. um, because you're engaging them in in a digital manner and it's not really about, you know, Utah jazz gaming and not trying to make sure more people come to Utah jazz games. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an added benefit, but it starts yeah. deepening ties with those people. And they might play the game and, and the guys at FIFA have, um, and the guys at MLS did the analysis. If you play yeah. the game and you play the team, you end up watching more of the game. So it is, it does help that piece. And so that's yeah. the more traditional reason you would get into esports. E- Oh, how do we engage the younger market, make them follow the game, and then they'll watch and then they'll turn up. Um, the non-traditional way is looking at esports as an audience and a sponsorship extension. So you're a, you're a pro team um, in a particular sport um, and you go and acquire or you, and you uh, take some of your best practice and acquire a team in a sport that's not related to your sport as, as such. So, yeah. you know, looking at, what uh, the Golden State Warriors buying a League of Legends team. Like there, yeah. though, there's not going to be overlap of people who watch League of Legends yeah. and basketball. There may be people who do both. So there will be some overlap to say it's true, but it's not about, oh, someone watches League of Legends and we'll get them to a Warriors game. It's literally, here's a new audience. We've got a system that has sponsors talking to an audience. How does our system work in esports? Yeah. And so I think that's the, that's the bigger opportunity um, you know, if you took, looked at, say, you know, the Barcelona model where they have all these different sports um, under their under the Bar- FC yeah. Barcelona brand, then it makes sense to say we'll just treat esports as another sport yeah. that we can put the machine behind. So, to me, that's where the opportunity is. And, I, and if sports teams are asking me, oh, should we get into esports? Um, it's a bit of, well, if you've got a game that's in the space, it makes sense. It's a nice little entry point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the larger scheme of, you know, esports, FIFA and NBA 2K are tiny little games compared to, you know, Counter-Strike and Dota and Rocket League and those kind of things and League of Legends, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not actually going and getting a really, really big audience. But that's the opportunity to me is to talk to a different audience and how do you bring yeah. sponsors along to that audience. Yeah, no, and, 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 and I, I like the way you put it, where the thought process ought to be um, the commercialization of it, where, where, where if you're thinking of sponsors, I mean, how does it sort of add, become a, a value addition uh, to your existing partners and, and does yep. it sort of make, make sense uh, from your overall scheme of things? Yep. Well, um, I know, I know we, we started our 30 minutes. I'm, I'm not going to take too much of your time uh, more, but um, uh, Sean, I know it's been 10 years um, with, yep. with, with Sports Geek and, and now the fact that I know you. Uh, we the fact that you own a team uh, in in esports, which is digital in itself. Yep. Do you think that's uh, you've come full circle, or is it? I mean, is how 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 long is the road ahead? 
And um, like I said before, I feel there's still plenty of upside in the sports digital scene. Um, you know, um, and I think esports is now just is part of it. I don't think it's uh, it's going to take over. I do think it's going to um, uh, eat into some of the consumption habits. Um, you know, so the bit that I'm excited about is seeing what this esports audience looks like now, knowing where the sports audience went in the last 10 years yeah. and how the growth in numbers went. Like th- that audience that is now that 18 to 22 year old are going to grow up with esports. Yeah. They will, they will be, you know, and guys like Faker and Parbu and all of these names that are getting thrown around in esports will be household names in 10 years time. Yeah. So like that's the bit that is exciting. There's a lot of upside in, in the esports space, but I also don't see um, anything slowing down sports. Like, you know, what does broadcast going to look like in the next 10 years? How are we going to consume it? Like 10 years ago, it was really hard for me to watch an NBA game in Australia. And now it's like, I click a button and I watch it. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so it becomes more accessible. The global market will be more accessible for more sports. Yeah. You know, so if you're a cricket fan, it shouldn't, it, you know, it shouldn't be hard for me to open up an app and watch any IPL game in any market. And so I think that's the piece that's, that's exciting. The, you know, the, will be the viewer's choice. Um, And then the opportunity for the teams and the players to tell their own story will continue to rise. So I think, yeah, a lot of upside in the, in the next 10 years and uh, plenty, plenty of work for all of us. Um, Before we, we, we wrap up, I wanted to, Touch a little bit on on the technology side. Yep. Uh, when I say technology, I mean I mean the way things are moving with uh, virtual reality um, stuff. Like I mean, you're probably the right person to talk to in, in terms of Spielberg's, Spielberg's uh, Ready Player One. Yep. Uh, I mean, where how how far ahead are we are we going to see stuff like that actually happen? And 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 there it's. You can you can envision it at some particular point, but it, of course it really needs to be able to, to to be accessible to the masses. I would say for us to to see that sort of real change. Yeah, um, so I think there's two there's two parts to the VR piece. Um, I think it's partly the hardware. So yeah. you know, I think what what uh, Facebook is doing with Oculus and their right. new model is going to be really interesting. Um, in there, it's going to be cheaper to get and have all the features. So it might make it more accessible. Um, but then the second piece is what does, what does the content look like and the experience inside it? Um, because you know, I've, I've used, uh, um, the NBA has been doing, uh, broadcasts in VR for the last two years and I'm a big NBA fan and I've watched 30 seconds, um, because I don't want to sit there and pretend I'm courtside and it's not a pleasant experience, not how we want to produce it. So, it's going to be what are those pieces um, and, and, you know, so if we're getting good development on that side of the equation, then they'll sort of help each other. Um, I'm actually working with a, 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 a sailing VR firm at the minute wow. um, called Marineverse. And so they've built out a, a sailing product. So you can wow. sail anywhere in the world <laughs> using the VR product, which is like, you know, really cool. And I'm like, and, and there's potential for them, as they build up the community to potentially hold um, to, to develop into an e-sport, right? So yeah, having people, on, yeah, yeah having a regatta, um, you know, online and, and that kind of thing. And so 
it becomes partly is it recreational? I just want to sail across the Mediterranean today, yeah. or am I competitive and I want to race? Um, and so if they build out a community and that kind of thing, um, then they will develop an esports, or they'll just end up being a recreational thing. But I think it's critical that um, it be yeah you know, we start seeing really good implementations. Um, you know, and whether how sport fits into that will be interesting. I think it will be a lot like Marineverse in mm-hmm. replicating something that's hard to attain. Um, there will be training type, there will be that sports technology training type pieces like uh, teaching players the visualization around free throws and things like that um, to sort of the, that muscle memory piece. Um, but it is, but, the, you know, if we just have the developers and we don't have the, the units then it's going to be really hard so it's that's going to be the balancing act like how do we how do we how do we get you know more units in the house or you know to to make the uh, go viral which is what you know mobile phones did for for digital Mm -hmm. so it's still a little bit to a little bit to to play out but i think you know there's some smart people working um on different things and i think as we get one or two devices that or implementations go, oh, this is how I need to watch it yeah. um, and experience it. And so whether it is, you know, James Cameron doing a VR version and that's what we're listening or yeah. you know, Marvel come out and say yeah. our next movie is coming out in this and you're <laughs> effectively in the Marvel movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much it's driven by entertainment and how much is sport, I'm not quite sure, but I do think there's opportunities in the space. Yeah. Cool. Um, Sean, it's been really awesome talking to you and fascinating in terms of just the knowledge that you have across the board. And, 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 and we're, we're really looking forward to uh, hosting you in India soon. Um, thank you for taking the time out. Uh, just a quick one from you. Uh, where do our listeners um, find you, your podcast, uh, follow you on Twitter? Um, yes, uh, so uh, Sean Callanan is my, is my name. It's my handle in most places. Uh, so you can find me there on most channels. And then if you Google Sports Geek, uh, you should find the podcast. Uh, SportsGeekHQ.com is the website. Um, but you should be able to put in Sports Geek into any podcast device and you should be able to find any episode. There's 230-odd something episodes there. So there's more than enough uh, content. And it's a mix of... Uh, sports technology, digital marketing, esports, um, uh, from people all, all around the world, um, sort of talking about what their roles are, whether they be in the in the US market, European market, Asia Pacific, and I'll have to obviously get some more guests out of out of India uh, and get them on the slate too. No, but uh, it's been fantastic uh, talking to you. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, we will. I'm, I'm sure we will continue the conversation soon. No problems.